When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. In the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We should have a little bit more respect into these microphones for the Minnesota Vikings. And I think everybody around the NFL is going to have a lot more respect for the Vikings on these microphones because of what they did just mm-hmm. yesterday. That was awesome to watch. The Packers are going to find their stride, I think. That's kind of what the Packers do. They're young. Christian Watson gets to drop out of the way early. Yeah, sure, He's sure. going to forget about this first game at all. He's going to go on to do well. Yeah. That's what everybody's thinking. But the Vikings might go on to become a historic team. Oh, yeah. Not only in the NFC North, but for their franchise. They look unbelievable. Wow, dude. A historic team. Christian Watson's going to be fine. I don't know about that. That was a pretty uh, e- epic drop by the young man. Yeah, and then and then Rodgers just spent the next two and a half hours ignoring him, both on the field and on the sideline. Jordan Love had to throw to him at the end to be like, hey, guy, here's something. Aaron here's hates little, you. little confidence he hates, builder. He hates all of us, He man. hates me, it's too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Love was like, don't worry about it, dude. He's hated me for three years now. Yeah, yeah. unless you're Randall Cobb or... Uh, uh, is it Robert Tanyan? He threw a couple passes to Robert Tanyan. Well, yeah, Tanyan's a football football guy too, just big. Robert just, Tanyan. He just burls around the field. Uh, Sounds like, football. like a football name. Uh, so McAfee's high in the Vikings. Uh, we had earlier in the offseason, Cowherd uh, was calling him a 13-14 win team. So a lot, a lot of national media steam uh, going into the season, even more now here. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die and getting above 500 for the first time in almost a thousand days is a good place to start. The show is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Also, I think we can, uh, we can crack a celebratory surly. Maybe that before I die can is what inspired the Vikings to victory inside U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. If you have not seen these, they they are now available both at the games at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium and also at your local liquor store. And look, since Surly uh, started to brew before I die, guess what? Vikings undefeated. That's exactly right. Before, (laughs) before I die, this team couldn't get over 500, and now they are just kicking the Packers behind. That is all thanks to the but before I die beer, which brings us all together, no matter what type of Vikings fan you are, because in the end, the goal is to see a Super Bowl championship, a Lombardi trophy in this town. Start by going to your liquor store and picking up a before I die or any of the other fine surly brewing products available. You won't be sorry.
Yeah. So we're going to try and put into context with our own rankings here. We are bringing back later in the show for the first time in a couple of years. We didn't do this last year. It used to be one of our old radio staples on 1500 ESPN back in the day, the pigskin pecking order. And we're kind of morphing it, the pigskin pecking order, so our top 10 NFL teams and where do the Vikings rank? Are they in the 10? If they're not, are they outside the 10? Where do we have them? So we'll do that later on. And in what are people saying about the Vikings? Some interesting analytical platforms and where they have the Vikings ranked. But let's do um, let's do a, a little bit of a deeper dive here on Justin Jefferson. Now that we are a couple days past an historic performance by him. That's the most yards he's ever put up in a game. 184 yards on nine catches, two touchdowns. You know, we all know over 3,000 yards in his first two years, back-to-back Pro Bowls. I mean, everything he is doing is historic to this point. And we received a Feedback Friday message through the Score North app on a Tuesday from Kevin Brackeen. Bracken? Brackeen? I'm going to read this to you guys because I think it's, you know, Judd floated the Moss stuff out there during the game. And Kevin says, dare I say it, Justin Jefferson is a more complete receiver right now than Randy Moss ever was. Yes, I am saying it. JJ is better than Randy Moss. I remember games where Randy checked out in the first quarter and was obviously not going full speed. Yeah, that did happen. I don't think JJ has that gene. He's more of a gifted receiver over the middle as well uh, as just as much of a deep threat down the field. He plays hard. Randy picked and chose He'll, Randy played when he wanted to play, literally. Yeah, That's he admitted to it. the famous quote, right? Yeah. Are we getting too excited and too far out over our skis with all of these Justin Jefferson, Randy Moss comparisons? Well, I think the comparisons are fun. Um, look, greatness is greatness, and I think it, it can be compared. And I think we gravitate towards saying players are great just because we like them, because they're really good, and that's fine. Um, but when you see greatness you realize it like, like you might trick yourself and be like, Adam Thielen's great. No, he's very, very good. Stefan Diggs borders on great. I don't know that he is great. He's damn good. Um, when I watch Justin Jefferson and his skill set, and, and again, to me, this isn't hard to quantify from the first day that we saw Moss, he changed games. He eventually changed pretty much the entire damn passing game in the league. Okay. Um, what Justin Jefferson has done from day one here is he put up two incredible years not being used necessarily correctly. All right? That's sort of weird. That's sort of weird when you've got a player who is who does not start the first two games of his rookie year because he's a rookie and then you see him play and you're like, "Oh my god, this guy is uh this guy is gifted." And yes, I agree that Ran- so Randy Moss is one of the most freakishly talented, gifted athletes I've ever seen. There's no question about that. Justin Jefferson is freakishly talented, but the thing that he does is he does a lot more, and he's incredibly smart, and he cares, and he's an attention-to-detail guy. Um, All of that being said is, and I am the last guy to basically uh, pat guys on the back and compliment them, unless I think that they are, are truly outstanding. I don't think we're going too far because Justin Jefferson, like Moss, is just flat-out special. He is a special, special player. And when you and this is why this is why it's frustrating at times when Vikings fans are like, "Oh no, the team's great." No, no, not everybody's great. You might like them and that's awesome. Um but but there have been, you know, I think at the time that I've been covering this team, 
there have been a handful of truly special, talented superstar players in his prime. Now he he didn't play a position that's probably as sexy now as as receiver is, but I mean, for as flawed as he was as a person, Adrian Peterson was a superstar. He was a great player, and in his prime, he was unbelievable. Not a Justin, great boxer, by the way. Not a great yeah. boxer. Got knocked out very, very. You know what? And dude, don't he made it to the fifth round. I think it was a five round fight. Did you he see did the punch? Make it to the fifth round, but but did. Did you see the punch? You know, I mean, you don't need more concussions, dude. Um, Are you knocking the punch? It was a pretty straightforward punch to the face. No, I'm get sa- his hands up. No, I'm saying no. I am saying Adrian Peterson does not need to be punched oh, more. He's had enough head trauma. That Let's move sense. on from that. But anyway, so they should, should have given Le'Veon Bell a switch. Sorry, I will stop. That I why? Why on. you got to do that? Why you got to do that? Why you got to interrupt the flow? Um, so. Justin Jefferson is one of the very special players I've seen. So I don't mind the comparison because so is Moss. I do not think that's like, it's not like I'm trying to compare a pretty good receiver to Randy Moss. So he's not as fast as Moss. He, he doesn't, he, he isn't changing the NFL in the way that Moss did. I mean, Moss was, Moss was running routes that other receivers had run before down the sidelines, and it was you, you couldn't catch him, right? So there was there was a certain innovative quality about Randy Moss's skill set. You just had this six foot four, six foot five, lanky freak that was outrunning everyone for the first you know eight nine years of his career. So I think I think Randy Moss had had that box checked, but when it comes to route running, maybe even when it comes to just pure hands. I feel, I almost feel like this is going to sound crazy. I almost feel like Justin Jefferson is a blend between Randy Moss and Chris Carter and that Jefferson is more athletic and explosive than Chris Carter was. Carter some of the greatest hands you'll ever see and Jefferson still needs to work on the toe drag here and there. You know, we saw there was one yeah, yesterday. He yeah. doesn't have Chris Carter's twinkle toes, but he's an amazing route runner. Just a guy that's going to create separation and space. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have quite the straight line speed of a of a Randy Moss. So it, it's hard because Randy Moss, in the time that he came in the league, changed the league. I mean, the Packers literally went to the draft the next year and said, we are going to draft specifically to counter what Randy Moss brings to the table. Yep. But when it's all said and done, the impact that he has on the field, however he's doing it, it's, it's hard to deny that Jeff, I mean, Jefferson is so dangerous and unguardable right now. And just because he's not the first guy to be unguardable at wide receiver – Maybe he shouldn't be docked for that. And Moss so. was and Moss was right place, right time. Like if you brought Jefferson in the league now and allowed him to, to do some of the things that Moss did, the league would have to adjust. But that adjustment has been made for years now. And so I think we've we're now in an era of you know, a handful or possibly a little bit more of unbelievable players at that spot. And the question is who's the best one but i mean moss moss arrived at a time where where it changed the the league because the league wasn't there yet it's now there so the question is i don't think jefferson's going to change things i think the question is where does jefferson fit in among the best and his overall skill set to me puts him very high because he is an attention to detail guy. He's not only bri- you know brilliantly talented, he appears to be incredibly mm. smart. That's a tough thing. I mean, guys, Cordell Patterson could have been really damn good if he could have run a route. And and he's and he's found a role now, but if he had stepped into the league and could have been as smart 
as as Jefferson is, the whole thing with his career arc is totally changed. So I just I have no problem comparing greatness with greatness. And in their own way, when I watched Moss and now I watch Jefferson, what I see on both sides of that spectrum is greatness. Yeah. I think with Jefferson, it's more of a there's an effortless to him that that Moss had too, where it just it the game comes easy to them. You know, like, like Moss was more of a Mack truck. When he got going, you couldn't stop him. Like he, his speed was unbelievable and he would go over the top and you got Moss and all that stuff. Jefferson, as realistic Randy pointed out on this YouTube channel, he glides like he just, he runs a route so pristine that he just glides in the football field. A guy like Stefan Diggs, you know, who by the way, was a fifth round pick and was even inactive for a first few games of his NFL career. He had to work diligently, right, to be an excellent route runner, and he still is regarded as one of the best just pure route runners and cutters in the NFL, and he had to work at that craft. Justin Jefferson is just unbelievably talented and has this un- this insane ceiling towards him that I think the Randy Moss comparisons start because Randy Moss also spawned a whole generation, an era of, of fans who didn't really love the Vikings, and he made he made them love the Vikings. And there's probably even so many younger fans who are early teenage years who are getting exposed to Justin Jefferson, and that's their guy that turns them into a super Vikings fan. So yeah. I, I think it's more of that latter part of Jefferson's impact on a fan base, and then that is their first taste of an unbelievable wide receiver. I think those are more of the easier parallels to make because Moss did the same thing in 98. Longevity is gonna is gonna matter here because and that's actually the only reason why Randy Moss isn't regarded right there with Jerry Rice as the best receiver of all time is because Jerry Rice was consistently great until he was like forty, yeah. and Randy Moss kind of you know he had those weird years in Oakland where he just wasn't that interested and then Oakland didn't really have I mean it was Oakland in the early two thousands, but then his Patriots career comes to an end and he was st- like he was still a very good player up until that season. And Belichick saw something in him, but he just apparently didn't have interest in being as diligent as Jerry Rice maybe did with his body and whatnot. Or Carter. Chris you're Carter right. was very diligent, Chris too. Chris Carter was nuts when it came to his off-season workouts. Yeah, you're right. And Jefferson seems like a guy to this point that is obsessive about yeah. his craft and will just grind to the nub in a good way. Agreed. But here is an amazing – so the, the PFF numbers are trickling in the last couple days here from week one. This is pretty amazing. So to take you back to last season, against man coverage, Justin Jefferson was completely unstoppable. Right, him and Cooper Cup were when you when you targeted Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson against man coverage, their quarterbacks had one forty and one forty eight passer ratings. A one fifty three is or was it one fifty eight point three? I think is yeah, perfect. Yes, that's okay. perfect. So when you target those guys in man coverage, almost a perfect passer rating. So you're the Packers, and you're like, well, God, this guy, is, we can't. We have a good secondary, but we can't play man against this guy. Let's play. We'll, we'll play zone largely in the mm-hmm. secondary against the Vikings. Yesterday, against zone coverage, Justin Jefferson was targeted seven times. He caught all seven passes for 159 yards and two touchdowns against zone. He had an average yards per route run. Per route run. So not per catch, not per target, per route run against zone of eight yards. Eight yards per route run. Because he had a couple big plays, you know, yards after the catch plays. Uh, he also averaged, and this is a credit to Kirk and ball placement and scheme, but mostly Kirk and ball placement. Football. He averaged 
10 yards in yak per catch. He had 73 yak, a lot on that one big play where Kirk hit him, what, 30 yards down the field, and then Justin Jefferson did the rest. So so you're the Packers, you're thinking, oh, my God, well, I guess we can't play man against this guy. Let's play zone. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, and, and there there was one play where, um, and I think Jefferson caught the pass and turned this in, into a short game, but there was one play where he went in motion and was in the slot, and Preston Smith, a linebacker, ended up against him. So, so that's the thing. And, and what the Vikings have now put on film, which is great, is basically a challenge to how are you going to stop this guy? And if you're going to stop this guy, who are you not going to cover, basically? So it's just, it's really interesting because it creates, a, it's going to create a conundrum. And this is, I think, what we all wanted. It's going to create the conundrum of what poison are you going to pick? And by the way, Jefferson, if he's covered, is not automatically done like there's still going to be opportunities to throw him the ball but I think this is what we were all talking about for the last two years like it's not rocket science now now scheming him open and scheming him in 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 motion to play the Cooper Cup role you know takes some some um some smarts and intelligence but you know when you have a player that good he can basically create problems constantly and I'm sure O'Connell's like this is the greatest thing of all time and he's probably got more. There's probably more left Monday night, game after that. Like this was, I think we're offensively, I think the Vikings are tip of the iceberg as far as what we've seen schematically. Yeah. It's going to be excited to, to keep peeling back the layers of, of the onion here as we go forward. So, yeah, let us know what you think, by the way, in the Purple Daily YouTube comment section. Click subscribe and click the like button if you could. We'll give you daily Vikings entertainment. And uh, therapy as needed, because I'm sure they will at some point uh, disappoint. But let us know. Do you think it is over the top at this point, two two years and one game in, to be comparing Justin Jefferson to Randy Moss? Let us know what you think in the in the YouTube comments section. But um, let's get into it here, boys. Let's get into what we think about where the Vikings rank. And we'll get into what other people and outlets are saying about where the Vikings rank uh, after the first blowout victory over the Packers. So the pigskin packing order coming up here, presented in part by our friends at Underdog Fantasy, which was very fruitful to some listeners of Purple Daily over the weekend. Yes, it was. I saw some guy tweeted at me and said he cashed out a $1,500 slip this weekend in in pick in, 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 in pick em options. So a very fruitful week for Score North listeners. If you want to join Underdog Fantasy, you can use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. Also, a shout-out to our guy, Michael. He won the first-ever Score North Fantasy Football Week 1 draft here. You know, you'll, you'll see at the bottom, Kyle Pitts only gave him two points. Well, that didn't matter because he had every other player that just exploded for him in Joe oh, Burrow, God. Saquon Barkley had oh, b- 30 Burrow, points. Burrow threw five, four picks or something, too. Yeah, and he still was able to rebound. So so Michael took home the first score one week one title. A $3 entry netted him 18 bucks. So shout-out to Michael. And we'll be doing these drafts every week. Judd Zolgad and our, myself will. If you want to join one of those drafts, and if you want to get in on Underdog Fantasy, it's in the link below in the comments. Join the, the Underdog Fantasy app. Download it. It's the best place to play fantasy sports. Awesome, man. Uh, Judd, tell the audience why you're so skinny these days. Well, that is thanks to, to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who have helped me drop 40 pounds and most importantly, keep that weight off. You know what? It was going so well for me in the Zolgad household that Dawn said, you know, I'd like to lose weight too. I said, honey, of course you can. She's down 16 plus pounds. You're like, honey, you look beautiful as is. Oh, I you, know. I didn't. But you, if you insist. Yes. 
Yes, to be clear, I never said <laughs> Honey, you are should... you sure? I don't yeah. know that that's necessary. Oh. Yeah, I got a couple of notes from guys who were like, I told my wife about this. I'm like, dude, don't don't put that on me. Do not put that on me. Your hey, wife honey. is beautiful, I'm sure. And you know what? If if you're both joined, which has been great, but I, yeah, I said exactly that. I'm like, do not put that on me. If you said Judd Zolgan said that you should join, sweetheart, you know what? Uh-uh, not fair. But here's the deal, because there is a deal, and it's a great one right now. Your first eight Eight weeks are free. That's right. Your first eight weeks are free. Imagine all the weight that you can drop in that time. You're going to feel great. And in fact, I guarantee that if you drop the weight in the first eight weeks, you're going to say, I'm going to stay on board. 855 go L-I-V-E-A-V-E-A, Livia.com, com for more information. And by the way, if you watch us in, I don't know, Florida, Tennessee, something like that. Guess what? Virtual visits. So just because you're outside the state doesn't mean that you can't get the benefits. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Uh, all right, Declan, let's fire this up here. Uh, you want to pop this on the screen for the YouTube audience. This is the week one pigskin pecking order. So every week... We're going to give you, and so what we've done is we have all three compiled our top 10 NFL teams in order, and we are putting together an aggregate, an average, to rank these 10 teams, including where we think the Vikings rank. Now, ideally, they will fall in the top 10. If they don't, we will give you the top 10 teams, and then where we, on average, have the Vikings ranking here. And this is, again, according to the three of us, the CEO of Vikings Twitter, the clickbait officer of Vikings Twitter and Purple Daily, and the chief beverage distribution operator of Vikings Twitter and Purple Daily. Okay, so a lot of clout coming at you with these rankings. I just realized the CBDO can also be interpreted as, like, Judd could be potentially the CBD guy as well. He could be. It could be a little double meaning. I have no problem with that. Judd here for CBD. Just to keep you nice and relaxed during Vikings football Sundays from the neck down. Um, all right, so let's get into it here. We're going to count down. I think I've got this right. If I screwed this up, then I apologize. This might train wreck, this little graphics package I put together. Our graphics team is me and Declan. Yep. So what could go wrong? <laughs> yep. So, all right, we'll start off here with, again, this is the average of the three of us putting our heads together, the number one team in the NFL. And sometimes we'll count down. This week we're going to count up to preserve some drama. The Buffalo Bills. Consensus across the board here, boys. We all had the Buffalo Bills as the number one team in the NFL. Are we overreacting to a great week one? I mean, they look great last year, too. I so. think they're that good. Yeah, they're, they're I, good. I think they're, yeah. yeah. They're good. That did not shock me what they did against the Rams in Los Angeles on Thursday. Yeah. We also had consensus with the number two ranked team here, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's, it's, uh, you know, when the Chiefs aren't the unanimous favorite, and then you still have like Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and everyone else, like you're still sitting pretty damn pretty. So, I, I, it, it's, if they want to be two, that's fine. But yes, I, I do think they're right behind the Bills. Yeah. I love how the question was, oh my God, what, they lost Tyree Kill. What are they going to do offensively? How are they possibly going to move the ball offensively without Tyree Kill? Patrick Mahomes throws yeah. five touchdown passes, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. spreads the ball around to other guys who are going to make. Tens of millions of dollars because of him. All right, number three. This is the first spot where we had a little dissension. Where, where Mackie and Judd, both of us, we had the Bucks ranked third. Declan, you had them fourth, but an average average score of uh, ranking them third here. So Bills, Chiefs, Bucks as your top three teams. The Bucks to me are, I think they're good, but 
it's at three that it starts to get, in my opinion, a little bit dicey. Like yeah. that, this league, and in particular the NFC, is so wide open that like the first two, I feel really good about. I marked those down. I thought, yeah, you know what? No I got to three, and I'm like, I think it's the Buccaneers. Yeah, but I'm not quite sure. I agree. I agree with that. All right, let's keep going here. The number four team in the pigskin packing order receiving a fourth-place vote and two sixth-place votes, but an average of being the fourth-ranked team on our list. The Los Angeles Chargers, led exactly. by young superstar Justin oh. Herbert. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, yeah, and I'm still not positive about this one. I like the team, and, and I, I love the QB, but um, I was struggling by now. I was struggling just a little bit as far okay. as how, how I was going to rank teams. Okay. And that brings us to round out the top five here. The fifth best team, according to the three of us in the pigskin packing order. Your Minnesota hey. Vikings. Well, who put them like second? <laughs> who put them second? It wasn't me. I put them the Vikings. You put them third? I put them third. So yeah. all right, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Just save it because we'll get we'll get Got to it. a deeper Vikings discussion here in a second. All right. Uh, let's keep going. We'll round out the pigskin pecking order here with the Philadelphia Eagles at number six. They looked excellent offensively. And you know what? That Lions team, that's a tough beat now, man. They were playing their asses off on Sunday. Oh, it's a hell of a game. Take yes. it over, huh? Woo. Yeah. With that, that went over, what, 70 points, I want to say? Yeah, 30 or 35, I think. We were all a little wishy-washy. Jub was very high still on the Rams. You had the Rams actually fourth. Declan and I both had them toward the bottom of our top ten. But, again, it's kind of tough. There's there's not, like, ironclad teams here. And so they are the Super Bowl champions, even though they look bad. Number eight, Baltimore Ravens, fairly consistent across the board. Dex had them a little higher than we did. Cincinnati Bengals, number nine. I mean, consider the fact that they turned the ball over five times, Joe Burrow four times, barely played in the preseason, even in practices, and they still should have won the game. Yeah. So, and then the Denver Broncos are 10th. Oh. You guys didn't have the Broncos on your mm-hmm. list. I had them ninth because I think they are one of the nine best teams yeah. in the league. I, yeah, and so the average score puts them 10th. Others receiving votes. We have a, a vote for the Packers and a vote for the 49ers just on the outside looking in. You guys both had them 10th. Yep. So 10th, uh, Dex had the Packers 10th. Judd had the Niners 10th. So we'll do a deeper Vikings thing here in a second, but overall this is our pigskin pecking order. Yeah, I think when when Garoppolo uh, begins to start at QB for the Niners again, that they'll probably get, you know, 9 or 10. Um, I just don't trust Trey Lance. I watched, you know... That game at Chicago was tough because the field was a joke and, and the fact that they played in a pouring rain made it difficult. But I will say this, that the hitch I saw in Lance's motion during the joint practices here is very much there. He's got a hitch, man. He's got some, he has some mechanical flaws that you can see that are the probably the worst I've seen for a high, highly regarded first-round quarterback since Tebow. Dude, what a, like, it looks I don't like know how you get... I don't know how you get around that. Like, he takes the ball, and he makes some decent throws, but, like, you see him take the ball to his hip. It, there's Piper just over here. I love well, it. Well, there is there's there is a certain, and, like, Kirk. Kirk is very good at delivering the football, right? No, no, no. Phil, 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 Phil. The hitch is there. He's got the delivery, and <laughs> Trey Lance has the hitch, man. I don't know what to do about that. 
We're going to be launching a new podcast called Trey Lance Daily, where just judges complains about Trey Lance for 30 minutes every single day. Should call it the hitch. So Bills, Chiefs, Bucks, Chargers, Vikings, top five, Eagles, Rams, Ravens, Bengals, Broncos. And this is where we all had the Vikings ranked. Declan had the Vikings third. I had the Vikings sixth. And Judd, you had the Vikings eighth mm-hmm. in your pigskin packing order. So we all have the Vikings as one of the one of the eight best teams in the NFL right now. Mm. The way they looked. I mean, it's hard. It it's very difficult with how good if this is what they're going to deliver offensively, or at least have this threat. It's hard not not to take it seriously, dude. Yeah, it was uh, it was just. I, I think we're we're definitely all probably leaning way too far into this right now. But how could you not after what you saw in the first week? There's probably going to be a reality check at some point. It's a new head coach, you know. Kirk Cousins in his career has been a gravitational pull toward 500, and so there no, might right. be a a slip up at some point. But you can never accuse. I mean, take a screenshot of this man. You can never accuse us of being too negative. Third, sixth, and eighth after the first week of the season. So there you go. Judd's I'm chugging chug before I die. Before I die. Is that how you hold a beer? I'm ch- No, no. Okay. That was just a demonstration <laughs> okay. of me. No. <laughs> All right, boys. There it is. That's the pigskin packing order here. Where do the Vikings rank? Uh, what are some other publications saying about the Vikings? It's kind of interesting in that 538, we broached this very briefly on the Monday show. Mm-hmm. 538, which does political and sports projections. They have a whole staff dedicated to their to their sports projections. It actually started off, uh, Nate Silver invented Pocota, which was Baseball Prospectus's projection system that nailed the 2008 Rays as being a really good playoff team. And everyone's like, is Pocota shorting out? Why do they have the Rays at 90 wins? He's like, well, trust the system. And it was right. Kind of put, <laughs> kind of put what became 538 on the map. So they have the Bills. I'm just going to go off of Super Bowl percentage, chance to win the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills at 15%, number one. The Buccaneers at 12%, number two. The Chiefs at 11%. And the Minnesota Vikings at 6% as the fourth most likely team to win the Super Bowl. Their playoff odds in one week on 538. So their Super Bowl odds doubled from 3 to 6%. And their playoff odds have gone from, I think it was 52% to 74%. And their chance to win the division has gone from 29% to 52% with one win over the Packers. So is that done in large part because they drilled the Packers and the Packers are a division foe? And so that just takes away from the Packers by a ton and yes. and rewards the Vikings? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's early. And also, in terms of percentage chance to win the Super Bowl, it, this doesn't mean the Vikings are the fourth best team necessarily, although you could probably make a case looking at some of their other metrics here. It means that the NFC is wide open. You don't have Bills and Chiefs to deal with. Yeah, The NFC North is a train wreck, largely, especially if the Packers are going to be just kind of a struggle bus. Yes. And the Vikings have a really advantageous schedule, especially at home. So all these factors go into why 538 has them as one of the most likely Super Bowl teams. If the North is as bad as we suspect it might be, okay, and and that might be wrong, but let's just say for a second it sucks. Like, the Vikings are good and everybody else is bad. Have we ever been – have the sports gods ever smiled on us like they are doing currently? Because the American League Central, which the Twins are not going to win now, 
uh, almost certainly was there. I mean, absolutely presented on a bleeping platter. The Big Ten West is there. I'm not talking about the Gophers have looked good, which they have against inferior teams. I'm talking about the fact that the Badgers and Hawkeyes look terrible. And if the Packers aren't good, like one of these godforsaken teams has to grab the opportunity by the throat. Because I think once you get to the playoffs then or get your chance, right, it could start to snowball and be a positive thing. So, my God, if we're ever going to have a chance to to grasp success and wring its neck and celebrate a title of some sort or just a great year, 2022 is it. Agreed. Yeah, grab the brass ring for the for climb up the climb up the ladder. Grab the Intercontinental Championship. It's been given grab to you. Grab the WWE Universal Championship, whatever it is. Amen. So, football outsiders, another football projection website. They have the Vikings with the third most projected wins now in the NFC, behind only Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. The Vikings are on pace to win, according to them, between eleven and uh, between ten and eleven games. They're kind of conservative, like gravitate toward five hundred. Sure, but when you look at best chances to win the Super Bowl, it goes Buffalo at eighteen percent, Tampa Bay at ten percent, Eagles at ten percent, Baltimore nine percent, mm-hmm. Chargers eight percent, and then the Vikings are the sixth most likely team to win the Super Bowl at seven percent. So you run this season 100 times. The Vikings win it seven times, according to Football Outsiders. They also have percentage chance to finish undefeated 17-0. and Oh, my God. The Vikings have a 0.1% chance. You're telling me there's a chance to go 17-0. and <laughs> You know what? I don't want that smoke. I've always told you, no. No, give me a couple of L's. Get me home field. Get me the first seed, but give me an L. I don't want the pressure. I'd never want to start the playoffs undefeated. Here's another. This is great. There's, fate. there's so many fun things on here. So they also have percentage chance to get the number one overall pick, not counting trades, obviously. Right now, the Carolina Panthers are the most likely number one oh, overall yeah. pick. Yeah. Well, because Matt Rule should be fired. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield is, is not just good. not, yeah. So they have a 12% chance of the number one pick. The Vikings have a 0.2% chance. So the Vikings' chances to get the number one pick are about as good as their chances to finish 17-0, which is fascinating to me. I love it. So there's there's what some of the analytical projection websites are saying about the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Shout out to our friends over at the Minnesota Lottery, Judd, who are back in for another season of Purple Daily and Vikings football in 2022. Yes, they are. And I'm going to show you something right right here because I picked this up today at the the, uh, store by me. And you're looking right now and you're saying Vikings big ticket, $10.2 million. That's exactly right. That is the total cash prizes that you can win with the Vikings scratch game. You know what? It's time to go big with the lottery's big ticket scratch game. It's so big. It has huge second chance prizes. The Minnesota lottery say I'm in. You must be 18 or older to go big. But check this out. $10.2 million. If you want this to be a happy football season, start playing now. Nice, nice. Uh, you know what I recommend for the Packers? Just start booking tea times, Dex. Yep. Just start booking tea times <laughs> at this point. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I might have Judd uh, book the next one here, if uh, especially scratching off some winnings from the Minnesota State Lottery. But uh, I will be heading at Meadows at Mystic Lake. That's where we'll be playing 18 holes. And, and okay. Judd, we can play from the red tees. We'll even move up for you, okay? We can go to the red tees, not have to play from the whites. I I'll be in the, the 19th hole, typically. Declan. Okay, 19th hole on the patio at the Meadows Bar and Grill, yeah. which is an excellent Come spot to enjoy done. a cold one. I will you're meet driving. you there. You can book your tee times, though, at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Go to golfthemeadows.com to learn more. Book your tee time now, golfthemeadows.com. And then hello to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their level of success. It's like having a really good, reliable offensive line that's there to shield risk so that you can operate your business like a top-end quarterback. You can find a full list of industries Federated protects over at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Uh, So we've had uh, some extra time here to... Just think on what happened on Sunday and to, to bask in the gloriousness of the best possible start you could have to the Kevin O'Connell era. Um, what else is on your mind? Well, let's call these uh, second-day takes here. We, we're, we're day two past the Vikings' win here. What else is on your mind regarding what happened on Sunday? Let me start with this, all right? I'll tee you guys up for this because it's kind of uh, my segment I'm springing on you. What really stood out to me is how different the Vikings' offensive formations looked like. It was jarring on that first drive. And we saw some of the motions and stuff during preseason. Judd certainly witnessed these at practice. But, you know, you're so used to multiple multiple tight ends or two wide receiver sets or even one wide receiver sets. The Vikings ran last year 42% 11 personnel. So 11 personnel. Football. When you use numbers to identify personnel, it's it's counting the numbers of running backs and tight ends in the first two numbers, and receivers aren't counted in this. So 11 personnel is one running back, one tight end, and then just by you know math, three wide receivers because you got the five offensive linemen, the quarterback, and then you got your tight end, your running back. So 11 personnel means three wide receiver sets. The Vikings ran those 42% of the time last year. Yesterday... 75% of their snaps were out of 11 personnel. Mm-hmm. And this is what the Rams last season led the NFL in 11 personnel. I think it was even like, it might have been like 80 plus percent for the Rams. Mm-hmm. So get used to seeing Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and KJ Osborne on the field all the time. It wasn't just like a one week thing. Those guys are going to be on the field on a regular basis, probably three quarters of the snaps if Sunday was any indication. 62 offensive snaps in the game for the Vikings. Thielen was on the field for 95% of them, or 59. Jefferson, 57 of the 62. And Osborne, 42 of yeah. the 62. Dalvin Cook was out there for 48 of them. So, yeah, they're they're going to use that a lot. And look, you know what? It's great. It's fantastic. It's not, they're not trying to get cute. They're not trying, they know exactly what they want to do. And Jefferson will be the linchpin. So, like, he might not touch the ball you know, for a series or or two. And that was the case in the first quarter on Sunday. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to suss out what the opponent is doing. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Mine is this. Kevin O'Connell's play calling, which, by the way, was very good. He, uh, I said this on Monday. I'll say it again. He managed a very good game and don't sleep on that because when guys don't, it's a problem. So, like, you know, it's like, oh, of course he did. Well, no, we've seen guys screw up challenges and timeouts. But O'Connell's play calling was, in the end, incredibly balanced. He called Kirk through 32 passes, and the Vikings had 28 runs. 
At one point um, on 27 first downs, they, they had 16 runs, 11 passes in the fourth quarter. The point being is Kevin O'Connell called a very balanced game. So, like, I think there's this perception, oh, Kevin O'Connell's going to just throw, throw, throw. The run is gone. No, the run's not gone. And we've always talked about this. The run can be used incredibly effectively to set up the pass. It's why this whole thing of, well, play action's stupid. No, it's not. Play action actually works because it freezes defenses if you do it right. Kevin O'Connell, I thought the balance of the game he called for a guy who who was basically came here known for the passing game. It's very smart. Um, it was aggressive, but it wasn't dumb. He deserves a lot of credit because that's a whole, you know, calling plays is an entire, entirely different thing. You're trying yes. to run the game itself. You're trying to manage timeouts. You're trying to manage challenges. You're trying to pay attention to your defense. I thought he had a very effective plan, and I love the balance that we saw on offense. Well, one thing to note off that, too, so again, Rams, Rams, Rams from last year. I think one of the misperceptions is that, oh, now that Kevin O'Connell's here, the Vikings are going to be throwing the football a lot more. Well, what's funny is last year, the Rams threw the football 59% of snaps, which was a little better than league average. So 59% for the Rams, 58% for the Vikings. So they both they had overall. Now I haven't broken this down into like by quarter or by down or anything like that. Overall, the Rams and the Vikings had pretty much the same run pass split. But I think it's when you decide to run. Like the Vikings yesterday came out and said, "Okay, our biggest advantage is going to be Justin Jefferson and the passing game and the element of schematic surprise because the Packers haven't seen any of this. That we didn't play any of these guys in the preseason." So let's get out there and let's chunk yards early in the pass game. Let's throw eight passes on the first 10 plays. We're going to skew the ratio to get out front. So build a lead while pass to build a lead and then run to milk clock and grind out the defense in the second half. And oftentimes the Vikings under Mike Zimmer and Gary Kubiak and Clint Kubiak were kind of the opposite in that they would run to set up the pass, establish the run early so that you can set up the pass. And they would run a lot on second and long and second and short. And then because the games would inevitably be close or they would be losing, they would try to pass to play catch up in the second half. And at the end of the day, it was both like both teams passed the ball 59% of the time. But I think the way that you set up your, your passing game is really important for taking leads. And that was on display on Sunday. I think the thing that stands out too is on on both your guys' topic is that like just Dalvin Cook is somewhat the forgotten soldier in this offense, right? Like we're all we're all talking about Kirk wanting to pass a lot and Justin Jefferson having a career day. Oh my God, what happened to Adam Thielen? Herb Smith was pretty much non-existent. Then you forget, oh Dalvin Cook still rushed for ninety yards, caught a few passes, had uh, over a hundred yards all purpose, and you know they want to feature him even more. They want to get him involved in the passing game more. So. The fact that Dalvin Cook's quiet day still goes for 100 yards, rushed for five first downs, was still an extremely effective day, I think is somewhat forgotten about in Kevin O'Connell's offense. And if the passing game isn't working, you can still rely on Dalvin Cook, who has a history of carrying the load for you. So Mm -hmm. just thinking about Dalvin Cook in the offense and remembering that this dude still exists and is probably still one of the best running backs in all the NFL. And like the bones of this team, the the way the offensive line is currently structured, I mean, the bones of this team is it's still a running DNA. 
They've got offensive linemen like Bradbury and Ezra Cleveland and, and Brian O'Neill that are generally better at getting out in space and run blocking than they are at pass protection. Mm-hmm. And Dalvin Cook is one of the three or four best running backs in the NFL. So there's going to be games, I'm sure, like Declan said, where they decide, all right, we're going to we're going to give you the ball 27 times, Dalvin, and see what happens. But it also kind of felt like they they made a concerted effort to get Madison in two or three times for series, not just for like a play, a breather. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was but it was, all right, Dalvin, uh, you've been out there for two or three series now. Take a series off, collect yep. yourself, don't twist your ankle or anything. And and they kind of they almost scheduled those rest periods in for him. Yeah, I, I got a feeling too that we're we're going to see Cook at some point in time wheel route. I love the wheel route, and he'd be great at that. He'd be great at a wheel route. In, in fact, when, when Peterson scored for like four years, his only receiving touchdown came in his first game of his Falcons, rookie yeah. year against Falcons wheel route. It's a great play, man. It gets you in space, and there's a lot of green turf there. Yeah, um, Peterson, man. That means it's tough to turn that semi truck around as you're turning the corner there, but he did it. Absolutely. Once. I would like to issue um, a Judd apology before we're done here today, too. Oh, because I've had some time to look inward, and and right now I, I'm wrong. And this guy is young. See, I didn't apologize to Bundy because he's just an old guy, and I figured he'd fall apart, but I feel like in this case I do owe a Mia culpa, and that is to rookie punter Ryan Wright. When Ryan Wright was was kept, I very much questioned it. His holding scared me. Now I didn't say he would be a bust as a punter, and he's been very good, but I did question, oh man, is that a good idea to cut uh Greg Joseph's holder and can Ryan Wright hold? And Greg Joseph, as we talked about on Monday's show, was absolutely perfect. Uh, so Ryan Wright, I'm sorry. It looks like they did the exact right thing by keeping you. No pun intended. Um, that is my mea culpa to Ryan Wright. Wow. I'm sort of shocked by this. I went back and watched it and you know what? He did a hell of a job. He did a hell of a job and I questioned it. Okay. So there's a fumbled snap on Monday night football. I'll torture him. Come out and rip him. Okay. I'll torture him. Yeah. But I'm just saying like with Bundy, I felt like the past had shown me the way to not apologize in this case <laughs> i jumped the kid i jumped on the kid it wasn't fair i think yeah. i was out of line yeah i uh i think this is very noble of you i think i was i think i you know i mean i think he might be good i think he might be really good his punting has been fantastic usually judd digs his heels in and he's a uh, he, not on this you, one you're gonna wait till week 16 and wait till greg joseph has been perfect all year and then there's gonna be one bad snap and see or one bad hold i guess see hmm you know what? That's a long ways off. I'll probably forget about this apology by then. It's probably true. Anyway, I'm sorry, so, young man. There it is. The Judd apology. Um, thanks for hanging out with us here on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. And don't forget Vikings Vent Line. Man, um, boy, that thing exploded. Just tens of thousands of you celebrating a Vikings win on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And then you can find it on demand on the Purple Daily podcast. It is the most fan-friendly interactive show in all of Minnesota sports, and it is back Monday night for a late-night edition as the Vikings take on the Eagles. But we'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.